0: To Proverbs chapter 22, Proverbs chapter 22, while um, we were on vacation, there were several topics that I wanted to talk about with my kids, and uh, when we were done, I thought, you know what, this would be good to bring to the church, but especially the young people, and I was thinking at the beginning of the school year that this would be the perfect time to deal with the subject of a good name. What is a good name? How can we find that in the Scriptures? So look at Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 1. The Bible says, "...a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches, and loving favor rather than silver and gold." Let's all read that out loud together. "...a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches." and loving favor rather than silver and gold. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, help us as we look at this proverb, as we try to apply it, and help us to choose a good name. In Jesus' name, amen. How many of you would rather have a good name than a bad name? And those of us who have a little bit of gray in our beards, and uh, I almost said like Laura. That would have been really mean, wouldn't it? (laughs) Those of us who, have, those of us who have a little gray in our beards and we've we've been around for a little while, um, we understand that your good name uh, is something that you earn. It doesn't just happen, and that's why the Bible says it this way. Do you see the way that it says it? A good name is rather to be what chosen. It's not an accident. Um, You know, as I look out in this room, there are are men here who have a good name. When you think of these guys, you know that you can count on them. When they give you their word, you know that if they say it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And so you trust those people. All of us know people who for whatever reason, even if they have good intentions, they say they're going to do something, you don't necessarily know whether or not that's going to be true. We generally call those congressmen. Um, But this concept of a good name, how do we know what that is? And then the Bible tells us, we're going to look at what it is, then the Bible tells us about its value. It's interesting, all of us prepare our children... To make a living. Our our desire is for our children to have a success. So that's why they go to school. We teach them to read. Teach them to do their ciphers. We teach them all this kind of stuff. And our desire is. For them to have good success. Now as believers we understand how to have good success. The Bible talks about that. You know we will prosper. uh, In the book of Psalms it describes that for us. But all of us. We are teaching our children how to make good choices, how to prepare for life. We all agree with that? That's what we're doing with our kids. Well, the Bible says that a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. Isn't that interesting? And what's, well, you know, what's funny. If I put up a store, the good name store, there wouldn't be people lining up around the block like they do when Powerball is 400 million. You know, there are people that say they only buy a lottery ticket when it gets over $300 How many I mean, have you ever heard somebody say something like that? You know, and you know what? If you carried your lunch two or three times a week, you could probably make it on that. Three or $400 million? It's interesting. But then when you watch the lives of the people that win the lottery, they usually broke within a year or two and their lives are destroyed. How many of you think you'd rather have a good name? But there aren't people standing in line to get a good name. It's something that has to be chosen. It's something that has to be chosen. Um, So keep your place in Proverbs 22. Go to Ephesians 4. And I want us to define this a little bit. Um, What is a good name? How do you know whether or not you have a good name? Um, The Bible talks about, if a man desires the office of a bishop, he desires a good thing. Let him first be proved, blameless, of good report among those that are without, not a striker, um, not given to much wine. You know, all of these characteristics that apply to what you would expect from a pastor. So just flip that around. Can you, can you imagine a pastor that um, was a striker? that had a bad name, that, you know, all of these different characteristics, was a drunk, all of these things. That would be a bad thing, right? So we understand that in the qualifications of a pastor, there's a list of things that you would want to have in your pastor. Um, Y'all had to settle with me. But this concept of a good name, I want us to look at this Ephesians 4. We've looked at this passage before, but I want us to think about it not in a in a husband-wife marriage relationship, but in the character of our young people. So, guys, girls, this these are the characteristics that God describes that you are to search after, that you are to work for and work toward and plan to have in your life. So, look at Ephesians chapter 4 and verse... 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. So, what is that? Somebody walking in the vanity of their mind. That's thinking about nothing. Don't walk with an empty head. That's what. How many of you know empty headed people? When I was in college, guys, you guys will understand this. If I was talking to a girl and I looked in her eyes and saw the back of her head, I'd know this was not a girl that I wanted to pursue a relationship with. You know what I'm talking about? How many of you know what I'm talking about? All right, so I married a smart girl. Um, I think that all of us, I think all of us want to be people of substance. But the world, the Bible says that we as believers are not supposed to walk as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, and that is empty-headedly. We're not supposed to walk that way. So what is the opposite of that? Walking with wisdom. Walking with godly information. Walking with a plan. Alright, so now, look at the next verse. So we're not going to walk in the vanity of their mind. Verse 18, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Remember, we looked this morning at awake to righteousness, right? And Paul said, I speak to your shame, right into the church at Corinth. Y'all should have known what righteousness was, he said to them, but you don't. I speak that to your shame. So here, what he's saying is Christians, he's challenging Christians not to walk and live like unbelievers. Their understanding being darkened. So where do we get understanding? From the Word of God. So it's something that we work at. So now look at what it says, verse 19. Who, being past feeling, have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. So what is this being past feeling? Um, When I was a kid, uh, my dad had a preacher friend, um, Ralph Hinman, and uh, he had been a wrestler, and he was a big, strong man. He was a pastor, but he was also a plumber. And I was w- we were working one day, and he was doing some plumbing, and some of you have heard me tell this before, but he would solder the joint, and then he'd wipe it off with his hands. Now, how many of you think that's a bad idea? It, you'd, why? Because you'd burn yourself. Well, it didn't burn him. Because he didn't have any feeling in his hands, and he had thick, burned calluses on there. When he, was a, when he was a little kid, he tripped and fell up against a pot belly stove and seared his hands. had no feeling in his hands. How would you like to go through life not being able to feel anything? It would be terrible, wouldn't it? It would be terrible. Imagine when... You know, what is the first thing you do when you see a little baby? You go up and you touch the baby's face right? Soft. Um, Laura likes to get the fat little thighs and squeeze those. (laughs) Um, Pray for me right now. (laughs) If you guys only knew what I filtered... But, but Brother Hinman, he was, he was a, just a, a cool guy. I had, I think, 125 pounds on my weight bar. I thought I was really something. He walked in and picked it up like this, you know. And I, and so I thought he was cool, <laughs> you know. But Brother Hinman, he couldn't feel anything in his hands. Now, you understand that's damage. That's not good. What happens in life, young people, is you can sin and sin and sin And get to the place where you no longer recognize the conviction of God in your life. And then you're just given over to a wicked lifestyle. You're just gone. And those of us who are older, we know people who they are incapable of making a good decision. Doesn't matter how much you do for them, they cannot make the right choice. Why? Their past feeling. They're past the ability to make that good decision. And here in the text, these people are given over. They have given themselves. Isn't that interesting? They've given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. Now, they're working that uncleanness. They're greedy for uncleanness. And now, you know, that's what our culture is, right? That's, That's where we are. I don't have to illustrate that. Now, look at verse 20. Here's the good news. You guys ought to. Everyone ought to mark this right here. But ye have not so learned Christ. Those of us who are saved, we've not learned what was in the previous verses. We've learned to follow Jesus Christ. Isn't that good? So all of that stuff that we just listed, how many of you think the things that were just listed are a part of a good name? No, those would all be a part of a bad name. Does that make sense? So now, If, verse 21, so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. So just because you're saved doesn't mean that you've learned Christ. Is that fair? All right. Look at the next verse. Here's what we're supposed to learn. That ye put off concerning the former conversation. That conversation, that's your lifestyle. That's your walk. That you put off the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt, according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Okay, so now, young people, it's, it's very simple. All of us, it doesn't matter how old you are, you have a nature, and that nature will lead you to do things that are bad. Amen? Every, all, all, you adults, you agree with that? Uh, I have an inclination to do things that I should not do. Um, There are some people, it would never be in their nature to take something that wasn't theirs. Right? My nature is to take everything. How many of you are thinking, that is not what I'm looking for in my pastor. (laughs) Please don't let him take the offering. I called years ago, I called the Christian Law Association to find out some rules for what we're supposed to do as a church. And the, the guy told me, Brother Gray at the Christian Law Association, he said that uh, he had just gotten off the phone with a church, that the pastor went on vacation and the offerings doubled. <laughs> That's bad. Okay? Um, but, but my nature is, and now let me say this, I don't steal stuff. But my nature is to want stuff. How many of you, I'm feeling a little alone right now. How many of you, your nature is to want stuff. Would you raise your hand? So you guys get what I'm saying. Um, Other people, there are people that they just don't care about having things. They're not interested in that. But they have other sins. That's your nature. That's what's in you. All of us have that. Now remember what our verse says. A good name is rather to be chosen. Here... When we learn Christ, we learn to put off the old man in the deceitful lusts. And then what do you do? You renew your mind, the spirit of your mind. And then you choose. It's a conscious choice to put on righteousness and true holiness. You see that? That's a choice. That's an action. How many of you ever looked at somebody, they're wearing something, you chose to wear that. Lady Gaga? Really? So, y'all with me? We're going to choose righteousness and true holiness, or we're going to choose to walk in the vanity of our mind, in the deceitful lusts. That's a choice that we're going to make. So what we're talking about is choosing a good name or choosing a bad name. That's what we're talking about. So now... Righteousness and holiness are words that are hard for people to define when they try to define it for themselves. Y'all agree with that? So here in the Bible, because there are things, some people think one thing is holy and other people don't think that that's holy. But the Bible here gives us a very practical lesson on righteousness and holiness. And these are characteristics that if you're going to have a good name, that you have to make it your conscious choice to have these characteristics in your life. So let's look at the first one. Look at verse uh, 25. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. So the Apostle Paul, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, writing to the church at Ephesus, he is saying that if you're going to be righteous and you're going to be holy, the first thing that you need to do is stop lying. Isn't it interesting that the first characteristic of a good name would be a person who's honest? Now, how many of you know somebody that's a liar? You know that they're just not to be trusted. Does that person have a good name? And honestly, that's the first characteristic that you look for in somebody. Can you trust them? Are they trustworthy? Do they have a good name? So now, for you guys, do we have any fishermen here? How many of you ever heard of a fish story? What's the basis of the fish story? You caught one this big, and you described it as this big. Is that right? What's another word for that? Lying. Lying. That's similar to your dad's sporting exploits when he was younger. You know, the older I get, the better I was. The more people die who played with me, the better I can be, or can't have been. Um, it is so vitally important that your word means something. I know that raising our children, probably the two worst things you could do in the altar house is, number one, to be ungrateful, and number two, to lie. So, you know, Jacob steals the car and wrecks it. He'll be in trouble. If he lies to me about it, that's real trouble. How many of you parents follow what I'm saying on this? You, you, you get it. Okay, so you parents who would you know, understand, and you're with me on that, would you raise your hand, hold them up, and then you, all you young people turn around and look. I want you to see... Where your parents, your grandparents, the people that, that influence you are. Uh, thanks, people. You can put your hands down. Here's the thing that, we, that you young people need to get. We all understand youthful indiscretions. We all get that. We get it when you mess something up, when you make a mistake. We get that. And sometimes that's through foolishness, and you'll be in trouble because you're foolish. Okay? And, and how many of you kids have gotten in trouble for doing something foolish? <laughs> got one dad saying raise your hand um, but you want to make your parents mad lie about it now you get a job you're working for, for a boss now you're in a company and you make a mistake and your boss comes and challenges you on it well your boss will take a mistake If you lie to your boss, you don't have your job anymore. And your career may be destroyed. Why? Because people only want people working for them who have a good name. Isn't that interesting? And the first characteristic of a good name is don't lie. Why? Because we're members one of another. This is written to the church at Ephesus. We're Grace Baptist Church. We're members one of another. And you can't lie to somebody that you're a part of. You can't do that. Can two walk together except they be agreed? When when there's dissension, dissension comes from lying. So if you're going to have a good name, you've got to choose to tell the truth. Look at the next characteristic. It's a choice. The next characteristic is um, verse 26. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. So it's another way to have a good name. Nobody wants to be the friend of an angry person. You you can't be with them. You can't be with them. So if you, young people, if you have anger issues, you need to get it cared for while you're young because when you get older, it's much harder to deal with it. It doesn't get easier. It doesn't get easier. The Bible says, be angry and sin not. Some, there are people in this room who have never been angry in their lives. Right? I call them dial tones. Mm. Right? They're, just, they're not like this. They're just like this. There are some of us, others, who, apart from the Spirit of God, would live right up here. Now, look, you can't live up there. The Bible tells you you can't live up there. Don't keep company with an angry man, the Bible says. Why? Because that person will destroy you. They'll destroy themselves. They'll make bad choices. They'll act rashly. That's a bad thing. But there are times when you're supposed to get mad. Sin's supposed to make you angry. Sinful behavior, somebody hurting your family, somebody trying to destroy your good name. That should make you angry. But in your anger, don't sin. Don't sin. And I've got to tell you, the only thing that can keep you there is the Holy Spirit of God. Then the Bible says, look at what it says. I want you to notice this. It's just like the choice of a good name. Look at what it says. Verse 26 again, Be ye angry and sin not, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. I'm so mad. Well, you need to get over that. I can't. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, get in control of your anger. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. So what is that saying? Twelve hours is long enough to be mad. By the time the sun goes down, you need to have it dealt with. Young people, you want to have a good name? Get in control of your spirit. The Bible says, He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. You're defenseless. If, if people know how to make you mad, um, I know Nathan's playing football. I'm sure your coaches have told you this. They're going to do everything they can to make you mad so that you get a penalty. Have they ever told you that? Yeah. yeah. Will they do everything they can to make you mad so you get a penalty? Yeah. Have you ever gotten mad? Yeah. I had this guy that was beating me one time. He was beating me every time. So one time I let him come at me, and I grabbed the back of his helmet and put his face in the mud. Now, how many of you know you're not supposed to do that? But it was awesome. What did I do? I made him so mad that he got like three penalties. What did I, I knew that this guy had a temper... And if I could make him mad, I could beat him. See what the next verse says? Look at the next verse. Neither give place to the devil. What does anger do in your life? It gives a place for Satan to work. Because what's the result of anger? Bitterness. All of that. It'll destroy your life. Learn to forgive. Learn to forgive. We'll see that in a minute. All right? Look at the next one. Um, I love this. Verse 28, Let him that stole steal no more. Let him that stole steal no more. Do you know what I love about this passage? Aren't you glad God's a God of the second chance? Young people, you're going to mess up in your life. You're going to mess up. So what are you supposed to do? Get right. Don't do that anymore. Let him that stole steal no more. But look at what it says. But rather, let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. You know, we have established a a culture, a socialistic culture, where the government provides for the needs of people. Um, When it was Christians providing for the needs of other Christians who needed help, we had less people that needed help. Why? Because there was a shame involved in taking something that you didn't need. Right, so now if the government provides cell phones, there are people with jobs lining up to get the free cell phone. It's a, it's a it's a wrong culture, but here's the here's what happens to us living in that culture. We're still supposed to labor so that we have to give to him that needeth. See, we can't allow the socialistic culture to rob from us the gift of helping. Amen. So young people, how are you going to have a good name? You're going to work hard. And then you're going to hold what you earn in a loose hand for people that need it. That's awesome. That's awesome. And you know what's interesting? Children almost always have a tender heart to somebody in need. Well, let's not lose that as we grow up. Now, what wisdom will tell you is there are some people that don't really have a need. They're just trying to take from you. And then you have discernment. Proverbs tells you all about how to deal with that. But we've got to make sure that our heart and our spirit stays right to where we don't steal from someone. Stealing is taking something that's not yours. Uh, laboring, working hard so that you can give. Man, there's an integrity to that. How many of you have ever wanted to help somebody and couldn't? How many of you have wanted to help somebody and you could? There's no better feeling than that. There's no better. I, I have a friend. I was just telling... I think I told the kids this story along with this lesson. Uh, on vacation Uh, there's a young man his name that i was in college with and uh, i went to bible college i I paid my own way and you had to have your bill paid in time to take finals well there was a final going on and i wasn't in the final because i was financially withdrawn i didn't have the money to take my finals that semester well this friend of mine his name was scott strobel he found me had this big smile on my face and he handed me 260 dollars Now, in 1981, that might be $5 million today. I'm not sure what the exchange rate is on that. I'm just telling you, for me, that was a lot of money. And for a college kid, can you imagine how much money that was for Scott Strobel? And Scott was excited to pay my school bill. Let me ask you a question. When I think of Scott Strobel, you young people, how many of you think that that's a good name to me? Right? It's amazing. It's amazing. What did he do? He worked hard, and he gave to me. You know what I did later on? There was a girl. Her name was Denise. I don't even, can't remember her last name. She was from Canada. Didn't have a lot of money, and she was financially withdrawn. I paid her school bill. So let me ask you something. How do you think Jim Alter's name is to Denise? Think she would think good of me or poorly of me? Good. Why? I worked hard, and I had some money to give to somebody who had need, and I did that. That's the idea of a good name. That's choosing a good name. Uh, let's go on. Look at this. This is, this is great. Verse 29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Then the Bible defines what that is. But that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Um, Young people. How many of you have heard this? There's nobody meaner than kids. You've heard that. They can be very mean to each other. Don't be mean to people. Don't be mean. Encourage your friends. Encourage the people that are around you. If there's someone in the youth group that's struggling with their behavior or struggling with their personality, that, you know, I would describe it as they have the personality of a dentist drill. How many of you know somebody like that? Well, speak to them the way you want them to become. Find something good about them and say that. And don't make it up. Don't make it insulting. Be kind to one another. Listen to what the Bible says. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. When people think of you, do they think of an encourager or a critic? So who has the better name, the encourager or the critic? The encourager. Who are you? Who are you? And here's what happens with young people. Don't miss this, guys. Here's what happens with young people. You can get so wrapped up in yourself, you can't think. You you don't have enough space in your brain to think about them and you at the same time. So if you see a, a girl that's dressed a little nicer than you, all you can think about is, I wish I could look like that. That's envy. That's sin. Be happy for them. I love your dress. It's beautiful. Do you know what will happen? That person, that will really mean a lot to them. You girls. How many of you girls have ever had something on and you didn't feel like you looked very nice? Has that ever happened? Has that ever happened? Right? Have you ever had someone say, You look really nice today. And it changed your whole view of that day. Wouldn't it be nice if you were the person who said it? Encourage people. Encourage people. Build them up. Minister grace through your words. What will be the result of that? A good name. A good name. Look at um, verse 30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed until the day of redemption. Um, what grieves the Holy Spirit? Now, I, I do like this. It doesn't say, don't grieve the Holy Spirit because if you do, you'll lose your salvation. I love the way that God clears up that, right, clears that up right away. Whereby you're sealed. <laughs> Isn't that good? Your grieving of the Holy Spirit doesn't cause you to lose your salvation. But would you rather have the blessing of the Holy Spirit or would you rather be grieving the Holy Spirit? Right? Then look at the next, next verse. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger, and clamor, and evil speaking. So what is this? Bitterness is the result of the anger. So that gets gets in you, this bitterness. What's the result of that? Wrath. What is wrath? Wrath is the acting out of your anger. Wrath is the intentional infliction of angry behavior. So let that wrath, let that anger, let that clamor. What's the clamor? That's the noise that comes from the wrath and the anger. How many of you have been around noisy people that way? You know what I'm talking about? Let that, it says, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And what's the opposite of all of that? And be ye kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. So, what's the result of being kind, tender hearted, and forgiving? What's the result of that? A good name. A good name. Do you know what happens when you have a good name? How many of you want to prosper? Go back to Proverbs 22. I'll show you something. A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. Now look at this. And loving favor rather than silver and gold. Do you know the best way to get a promotion? To have the loving favor of your boss. How many of you think there's a difference between fear and loving favor? A difference between resentment and loving favor. Disdain and loving favor. Mistrust and loving favor. It's interesting, isn't it? What is loving favor? Loving favor only comes after you've established a good name. That's awesome. Great riches, silver and gold, you may get those, you may not, but you'll never get them the right way without a good name and loving favor. So young people, I want you to think about this. You're going to school tomorrow. Christian school starts when? Wednesday. You go to school Wednesday. The other kids, some of you started earlier. How many of you tomorrow is your first day of school? Any of you? No? Yeah, over here. All right. Look, you're going to choose a good name. The next time you're with someone, tonight after church as you go out into the hall and you're talking with somebody, you're choosing a good name or you're choosing a bad name. All of these characteristics are so important. You know what I'm thankful for at Grace Baptist Church? There are a lot of men, there are a lot of ladies who have a good name. They can be trusted. They can be relied on. They're godly, they're holy. They've put off the old man, they've put on the new man. They live in righteousness and true holiness. You young people, there are examples sitting all around you in this room. That's awesome. That is awesome. They're your parents. And then how many of you parents want to be the example of that? A good name. Let's, as parents, let's commit ourselves to helping our children know how to choose a good name, and develop loving favor. You know, there there was a saying, if you read any old literature, someone talks about having the favor of the king. The favor of the king. Well, I love godly favor. I love godly favor, and I love loving favor. That only comes as you develop the characteristics for a good name. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word.